We're back. <laughs> You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. We're also part of Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. I'm Wole, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Jeezy. What's going on, Ray? It's Valentine's Day. We doing our show, man. We real out here. Listen, the rest yeah. of y'all who took the night off, y'all ain't real about this. Soft. Right? Y'all, y'all not soft. serious about it. Y'all not serious about the game. Hey, I told my baby girl tonight, I said, look, she's 16 years old. I said, men came into this world first, okay? So we got to handle our business. Hey, yo, that, that's what happens. Now, we did, need, we did need a lady. We did, absolutely. Hey, yo. And then she ate the fruit, and here we are. But it's okay. Valentine's Day is a cool holiday, my friend. It's a cool holiday for, for those of you celebrating out there. Shout out to you. Eat some chocolate tonight. I'm not going to do it. Wale is probably not going to do it. But you no, I'm it. not. I'm not eating no chocolates. I ain't doing none of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm chilling. I'm chilling on V-Day, bro. I'm chilling. You know Hey, thanks for joining us, though, for sure. For real, man. If you're spending your time with us right now, you know, you're not doing the Valentine's Day thing, man. I, we appreciate y'all. For real. Real talk. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because you could, you could be spending your time doing something else. Let's keep it, let's keep it all the <laughs> way 100. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It's been an eventful sporting, I guess, sports cycle, right? Uh, I guess so. Football is over, which sucks. That always that sucks. You, it's always like the you have to prepare for the football season. Basketball is good, but the playoffs is when the NBA really starts to heat up. College Facts. basketball starts to heat up in March. So this is kind of a dead period for most. There's mm-hmm. no baseball. Hockey. Hey, shout out to the hockey guys out there. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. You sound like Will. You sound like Will. You got boxing that is boxing. There's a whole lot of talking, yeah. not a lot of True. fighting. True. MMA is great, but MMA, in terms of the DME, the DMV demographic, you know, it's not the biggest thing in the world. So here we are. We got to hold it down, baby. HBCU hoops is, 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 is in full effect, though. I got to give shout out and love to the HBCU schools yeah. that are out there representing. Man, I hope the, the right schools... We'll hit the tournament this year and pull off an upset. Well, should be the right schools, though. Go ahead. It has to be the right team. We'll see. Anything can happen when March Madness rolls around. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the right No school. ulterior motives. Mo- <laughs> no ulterior motives at all. I ain't saying that, right bro. School. I ain't saying that. You're right to the right school, the right the right opponent, too. You got. I think you got to add that part in, the right opponent. It don't uh, matter this year. So basketball is so wide open. College basketball is so wide open. It's, it's, there's still a difference between the right opponent. I know I'm right, bro. Don't try. It. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, me, bro. bro. <laughs> anyway, man, let me get. Let's get to some of the particulars before we get to get into some major topics. Um, Amplifier Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and at iHeartRadio. Just search the urban sports scene. Hey, what's up, Steve Fox? You already tuning in on X. Hey, if you check this out on YouTube, please subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit us up on X like my man Steve is doing currently. And, and check us out on IG at Urban Sports Scene. Also, um, like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group, no doubt. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. And also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. All right, let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs overtime victory over the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58. The score was 25 to 22. We'll play our, at eight, about, about roughly 8.30, we'll play our interview with award-winning journalist and Seattle Seahawks writer, for the for the athletic, see what I did right? Athletic, athletic. Excuse me, athletic. That, I said it right. <laughs> the second time you did. I know the athletic Michael Dugar, and uh, he he joined us to talk about 
commanders, the, the commanders hiring Ken Norton Jr. as the new linebackers coach. Then finally, we'll wrap this show up at 850. We'll talk about the Wizards possibly moving, uh, possibly possibly staying in Washington, D.C. Uh, a, a senator, a senator out there hating on the Wizards. So they may have to stay in the D- in the district. But um, first, uh, Super Bowl 58 in Vegas was super lit. You had the game. You had Usher's performance um that which is on point we'll talk about Usher's performance too right uh the first let's talk about the game the Chiefs defeated the Niners and OT and the Thriller Patrick Mahomes was Super Bowl MVP Ray your thoughts on the game first I want to give a shout out to a, a friend of the show and somebody who has their own platform Big Doug check him out of course the Big Doug yeah. the show Big Doug came on with us I want to say it was part of all Burgundy Go Everything of course check out our other show on Fox Sports Radio AM um Steve is he he's putting some some stuff out there already. Yeah. We're gonna get there, Steve. Definitely. We'll get it. We'll get there. But um, I mentioned Big Doug because remember Big Doug asked a question about the former commanders coach Ron Rivera and his staff, are they arrogant? And yeah. Kyle Shanahan is somebody who we agree on. Well, we said this last week, he's the yeah. best offensive minded football. We agree, best yeah. offensive minded yeah. football. Facts. Yet he has not been able to put together four quarters in a big game as a head coach or coordinator. Yep. Facts. And now he's he's firing Steve Wilkes, who whose defense put up better numbers than the previous defensive coordinator, yep. who's now, of course, the head coach in Houston, D'Amico Ryans. So yep. why are you making this change? Is Kyle Shanahan arrogant is what I'm asking myself and what I'm asking you and what I'm asking the listeners. Because, dude, for you to have this much clout and this Bro. much control, you also, again, you're a great offensive mind. You have transformed quarterbacks throughout your career. Your, your father has pedigree. We already know who you are. But yet you have not been able to win a big win. You, and, and more importantly, you have not been able to put together four quarters. And now you're firing your defense coordinator. Are you arrogant to say, you know what, I need to reflect or look in the mirror at my reflection to see what I need to change in myself that says I have not been able to put together four quarters? Meaning your teams have been ahead in all these big games. Mm-hmm. And you have not closed the show. You have not closed the show. So something, my friend, with Kyle Shanahan needs to, needs to be altered. And I think it starts within maybe John Lynch, maybe somebody in that front office, but somebody's going to have to get through to him if you want to close the deal because we know in this league the window is short. So you think and he's gone? You, you think he should no, be gone? No, no, I'm just saying, why can't – Why? how do you have leads, including in this game against Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and not able to close the, close the deal again? So – I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan again needs to change something. Maybe he needs to give more offensive power to somebody else. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering. That's what I'm putting out there to the listeners. And of course, the biggest X factor is he had the best unit on, on, on the field, maybe in the defense, but he didn't have the best player on the field in Mahomes, and that made all the difference in the world. You know what? I mean, for, first let me talk about the Steve Wilkes thing because I did annoy him. Okay. That rubbed me the wrong way, and then I'll get to the game. I do. We need. I, we do need to talk about the game. Um, I don't think he. To me, I have an issue that he didn't take responsibility of what he did, uh, his part. Yes, yeah, Steve Wilkes. If you're like, he obviously was pissed off at a point in that game. I think in the fourth quarter where he called a timeout, so he was pissed off. Um, but at the end, like I, I heard somebody say it, and I totally agree with him because I had the same thought process watching the game. It's like they had to me. They had their foots on the on the Chiefs' necks, and they came out in the first half, and he went real pass heavy, pass heavy, and we saw. That, you know, even that first half, like the Chiefs had an issue trying to stop McCaffrey. Yeah, he had to fumble, but McCaffrey was still getting loose early. And I felt like he came out that at that quarter, that half, and tried to establish Brock Purdy rather than giving the ball to their best player. Their, their, their best player 
has always been and forever will forever will be with that with that squad will be uh McCaffrey hands down you can sprinkle in some Debo but McCaffrey's their best player and he wasn't featured enough to me going into like in that third quarter especially that third quarter where you need to put your foots on Kansas City's neck you know what you have on the other side you 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 experienced it roughly four years ago in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes you experienced it you have a you have a guy who can control the ball who's arguably one of the, arguably the best running back in football and you're throwing the ball with a guy with Brock Purdy no knock on Brock Purdy but your best player is Christian McCaffrey that's just like saying yo you're the Detroit Lions of the year of our generation right and you have Barry Sanders, but you want to throw the ball six straight times with Kramer or Scott Mitchell or even Rodney Pete. Like you want, you got Barry Sanders. No, mm. we want Barry to touch the ball. I like we don't that. want Brock Perry throwing, throwing it that much. So that was my thing. It was like, like, and 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 then you're not going to take onus on that, but you're going to fire. You're going to be pissed off with Steve Wilkes, a guy to me who was shutting down the Kansas City offense for majority of the game. His 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 squad wasn't the issue. You had an opportunity to you you as the offensive ge- juggernaut, the offensive genius, had the opportunity to knock Kansas City out, and you didn't do it. Uh, I'm wondering again, what is wrong with with, with Kyle Shanahan in terms yeah. of that fourth quarter? Also, yeah. you look at the coaches the, the coaches of today, the coaching landscape. Dan Campbell, he got criticized for being too aggressive. Uh, does Kyle Shanahan? warrant similar criticism for what you're saying is being pass happy. And again, who am I to question Kyle Shanahan considering I consider him the best offensive mind of football, but the numbers speak for themselves that in the biggest games, when you've gotten ahead against some of the best teams in the league, for whatever reason, you've been unable to finish. And I feel like it's unfair kind of what you're saying that he sort of took out that frustration on Steve Wilkes when Steve Wilkes didn't lose that game. His defense performed yeah. beautifully. Dude, um, Kyle Sh- dude was, dudes were everything. Chase Young was everything where, uh, um, uh, um, what's the name? Uh, what's the line? Warner was everywhere. Um, what's his face? I'm um, sorry. Uh, Bosa was everywhere. They're de- they ball. They played. All they played. Yeah, and and, and Dujanay saying the same thing. He didn't stick with the run game. Yeah. What I'm wondering is this, and this is this is a real discussion. It has nothing against Brock Purdy, but yeah. in every loss, maybe you could say Matt Ryan was a star quarterback when Kyle was the offensive yeah. coordinator in Atlanta. But yeah. is Kyle is he ultimately going to get a star in order to overcome? The, the, these woes that he's had in terms of winning the big game. It's similar art. So I, I said this before. For him, it's similar to Sean McVay in with mm. the Rams. So it's like, and no knock with Jerry, because Jared Goff is to me is better than Brock Purdy. So it's not on this is not any shade. Of, but it's to a point where if you keep having this happen to you, right? If this keeps happening to you, I'm not going to say Atlanta because I, I think you know Matt Ryan was a good quarterback. Um but in this situation, he had he had Jimmy G, now Brock Purdy, and you've been falling short. You may need to get a guy, like you know what I mean, a guy. You may make a and no knock on Purdy, and I think Purdy's going to go into the season as a starter next year. So I'm not saying they're not they're going away from Brock Purdy uh, for next season. But if that if it if it ends like it does like it did this year, he's I can see him doing the same thing that Sean McVay did. Say, hey, I need to get. A Matthew Stafford like quarter Stafford type of type of quarterback because it because it's showing that like that yes Purdy was a great story it's a great he's a great story but when everything is taken away can he win you a football game when they taken away Christian McCaffrey can he win you a football game can he do it by himself when the play isn't 
when everything's not scripted correctly, can he go out there and be a like Cam Newton said, and everybody got mad at him? Can he be a game changer? And right now, he's not a game changer. He's a good player, okay. but not a game changer. Washington fans, those of you watching, Dujane, I love your comment. I want you to tell us, I, I, I guess, a little bit more. Expound maybe as to why you don't think so. The name floating around right now is Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk yeah, Cousins hasn't agree, necessarily, yeah. you know, for, for those who are experts at covering this game, hasn't moved the needle in terms of being a, a game changer himself, right? Even though he made the the, the Vikings, who ah, the Vikings the Vikings were pretty competitive before he got there. I don't know. I, I don't know. If Kirk Cousins is the answer. They were better. They were better before Kirk him. Cousins they and Matthew Stafford may have similar stories in terms of if they just were on the right team in the right situation, they. Could, they could put that team over the hump. Matthew Stafford was able to do it. Is Kirk Cousins as good as Matthew Stafford? That's debatable. Yeah, but Kirk so. Cousins is better than Brock Purdy in many, in many people's eyes. So yeah, I'm right. wondering if that's the answer. Because if not, where are you going to go? You, you're definitely not going to go fields. It, 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 you, you, you're not going to draft a quarterback. No, they're not. So they're going to say, okay, it's like, it's like, where do you go? Russell Wilson, maybe? Russell Wilson could possibly be posted by Kyle. He's won yeah. a Super Bowl before. This, th those are the only, I guess, two names you can think of. Kirk Cousins Russell Wilson as somebody who can come in and maybe say, you know what, this is the guy that can be the closer that can get this team over. Because the team's already um, prepared to win now. And Kyle clearly is a great offensive mind. He clearly is he's, – he's been an excellent person in terms of selecting a good staff, Salah, um, mm -hmm. Ryans, and now Wilkes. So he can easily bring in somebody. I hope it's not Rivera. I wonder if he'll get an interview out there. Nah, but don't do that. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> where, where does Kyle Shanahan go? Because that's what it struck me. I told you, Wole. I said I wanted to pick the 49ers. I wanted to, but I didn't have the heart to pick against Mahomes. And that was the difference. Is Mahomes the best player on the field? Kyle needs to have a guy that can be somewhere comparable. Nobody's nobody's 100% comparable to, to, to Patrick yeah, Mahomes. But, but also, who could go toe-to-toe yeah. -to -toe like 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 um, Justin Herbert goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Yeah, he does. He goes he goes every time. So you need somebody like that. And yeah. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is the answer. So maybe Dujanay might be right. Maybe if he sticks to the run, maybe like Steve said, you get that first down, the game is over. Maybe it's Kyle mm -hmm. getting his own way. That's what I'm trying to That's about to say, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, Kyle had a, like, yeah, for instance, let's go. We can go this one. We can go four, we can go four years ago. He had, he had a game managers. He had game managers. But he had game managers, and he was up. And he was up, and his team was dominant. His defense was balling, a, a, a unit that he doesn't coach. His defenses were balling, and he gets in his own way. Ray, you said it. Bruh, I don't want to – we don't have to go back. We want to go to his past. Let's go to his past. He was in Atlanta. They were up big. And, and he coached the game the year before that, they were up big too. Yeah, and he, he choked. Like – that was on Kyle. People watching the game were like, yo, Kyle, you going to run the ball? Like, all you got to do is run the ball. Yo, I don't know what you're doing. Run the ball. Like, what are you doing? Run the ball. Like, if you run the ball, the clock goes out. Bray won't have, has, doesn't have time to even do what he does. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's almost out there. Like, Kyle, this is what Kyle does. And it's not, it's not even a quarter because he had a good quarterback in Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was balling in that game, in, in the Super Bowl, in, early in that game. So I don't want to me. I'm looking at him like when I look at Kyle, it's 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 more him. It ain't even the quarterback. Like the last two Super Bowls he was in, it's not even a quarterback thing. I'm gonna be real. That's a Kyle thing. It is Kyle using his Kyle's. You said it earlier. He used a great. You had a great. Used a great word. 
it's Kyle's ego that gets the mm. best of him. Because if Kyle's if Kyle was watching that game saying going into the going into that half, the the team, the team gets a stop, like the the uh they get a stop, the Chiefs don't score in the first the first the first drive. If Kyle looks at the game, observes the game, and says, you know what? We're good. I, I can feature Christian McCaffrey. I don't think they stopping him for real. And we'll be okay. And I'm not saying that the plays Kyle designed weren't open, because obviously they some of them were open and Purdy Purdy missed on some of them. But at the same time, you you know, you go to the dude who got you to the dance. The dude who got you to the dance wasn't isn't, I mean, wasn't Purdy. The dude who got you to the dance is Christian McCaffrey. When people look at the scout report, it's like, oh, I, oh shoot, I gotta stop Christian McCaffrey and and you can say Debo. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I'm just like watching Super Bowl. My thought process was, you know, it was a it was a great game. Both teams both teams play hard, but at the end of the day, like, I'm like, I feel like Shannon had lost it rather than Mahomes taking it. I'm gonna be real. Okay, and that's the poll you put out on X. Now, what's mm-hmm. interesting is it may be a Detroit Pistons Chicago Bulls situation where. You gotta hope the Chiefs don't make it, and then maybe you can you can get one. I think maybe. as long as he's going up against maybe. Andy Reid, I just don't feel like he's going to win that matchup. But I know we got to move on to Mahomes and the goat discussion. But yeah. it's something to think about because we know the pass for Super Bowl isn't easy. You cannot count the Chiefs out. They proved that this year, even they weren't as strongest. But that division is getting a whole lot tougher as it's, he talked about last week. And sick. I don't see I don't see Kansas City making it back to that game. But the NFC is right there for Kyle. To get another crack at it next season. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's there. It's there. I mean, it's it's Kansas City. I mean, the the AFC is tougher than the NFC in terms of getting out of it. But the the AFC the NFC is, you know, it's not as strong. Let's keep it a buck. It's not as strong. It just it is what it is. All right. So Ray mentioned Mahomes. Mahomes led the team. We talked about it. Mahomes led the team on the game winning drive in overtime with the touchdown pass to Nicole Hardman. Uh, the uh, the he was the Super Bowl MVP. He finished the game. Throwing for 333 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he now has three championships and he's only 28 years old. Dude, do you see him eventually being the GOAT of this league, bro? I mean, I shout out Big Doug. I'm going to shout out Lake Lewis, also a friend of the show. Lake Lewis had the perfect uh, post on X after the game. He said he just grew a GOAT horn. Mm. He got one. And as he continues to ascend, he will eventually grow the other one. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that yeah, because yeah. even with a receiving core, this is what Brady used to do. Brady would have Troy Brown as the top receiver, nice. Wes Welker, and the brother found time. a way. He found a way to win. Mahomes had receivers dropping the ball all season. Mm-hmm. And yet this brother took that team and he gave the team the confidence that they needed. That's when you know you got the right guy. When the team can rally behind one dude and say, you know what, I believe in that dude, and I'm going to elevate myself to make sure I match that level. So I believe, yes, that this is this is the guy. Tom Brady put that out on X himself. He believes that Mahomes is that guy. We all agreed if he gets this one, then he's, he's well on pace to become the greatest of all time in terms of the quarterback position. And he's doing it in Kansas City. Which is, is remarkable to me. Yeah, bro. I think he's definitely on goat level. He's mm-hmm. it's coming. Um, I if you just keep it a buck, bro. Like we all, we I mean, we, people have revisionist history. I mean, they're in like we're all in like revisionist history, right? In terms of the mind and what you think. Like we don't go back in the past and see how how certain folks were viewed at a certain time. So when you look at um like Tom Brady. 
the first couple of championships, the first one for sure, Tom Brady was a game manager. The first one for sure. Um, the second one, even the one, the one when they beat the Titans, they won it, but that was a team effort. It wasn't like he went out and took it. That was that was a team effort. Like that wasn't like that was a more that was more of a game manager approach too as well. The one when against the tight not sorry, not the Titans. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. I'm thinking about the Rams. The one that uh the one he what was the second one, his second Super Bowl when he beat the uh, I want to say it was the um because when Deion Branch was Super Bowl MVP, I'm trying to think about that game. I'm trying to figure out who he played with Deion Branch was Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Chicago? No, it wasn't. No, that's Peyton. They lost it. They lost it. That's Peyton. Uh, that's Peyton. It'll come to me later. It'll come to me. It'll come to me later. But dude, the one Dion Dion Branch is Super MVP. Like for most of for a lot of a lot of his but for the, the, the beginning portion of Brady, he was more of a manager. That's the point I'm trying to make anyway. He was a manager. Then so you look at like Mahomes off the rip, he's never he's not a manager. Like he is the reason. You know what I mean? Like he is the reason why this team is, is like, is for these three have won championships. He's been Super Bowl MVP, and all three of them. This is a like so. If he if he wins four more, um, throw me three more. That's six. I we could only imagine he'll be Super Bowl MVP and all 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 off all, all six of his championships. If even if he wins. Five championships just to be be said, just to be let it be said that he's been Super Bowl MVP in five championships and five championships. Amazing, you know what I mean? Like, bro, like when you look at Mahomes, man, he's something we haven't seen in a while. He's to a point where he like the boogeyman, you know what I'm saying? Real talk, he's like the boogeyman. Like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the lead is. You you already assume that they're they're down. He's gonna make a run and they're gonna come back, and he's clutch. Oh boy, clutch! He's a he's a he's a he's a special quarterback. And I don't and it's wild. This is why the draft is such a crapshoot. If you had looked at the draft and said, "Who does this kid from Texas Tech is going to be the best quarterback in the NFL?" You'd be like, you'd be lying. So like you say that you. I mean, folks look at you like you dumb. You know what I'm saying? But for him to be like in that draft. It's wild because I didn't think Jay, uh, John Gruden came out. And was John Gruden was in love with him in the draft because they did that like ESPN stuff where he used to break down quarterbacks, and he loved Mahomes. And just to see how that all panned out and see how like he is now and the best quarterback of our era, like in this era in this group of quarterbacks, he's the best quarterback. Yeah, I think definitely go status hands down. He's it's coming, and I don't know where I would rank him now though. Like I'm thinking like do I ship? Sh- I mean he's Better than Peyton, I guess. Like, would you go that far, Ray? Better than Peyton? Um, that's an interesting question. I want to quickly go back to something that that my man uh, Devon Mason posted. POV, shout out to him. It's been a while since we heard from you, bro. Happy New Year, all that good yeah. stuff. Thanks for checking us out tonight. Um, I think one aspect of his career that's going to elevate him to go status is eventually he's going to be on the field without Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not going to continue to coach with so much. Uh, long, yeah. more, more yeah. many years or whatever. If I'm makes saying life that right. easy too. Andy makes life easy. He does. So, when you get a new coach, will Patrick Mahomes still be that guy? And if he is, let's say the Kansas City Chiefs win another Super Bowl, another few Super Bowls, whatever, with a different head coach that's not Andy Reid, 
then that's what's going to really solidify him for me. Now, in terms of where he's ranking at right now, man, in terms of ability, what he's accomplished, his age, now without Tyree Kill twice, mm-hmm. I put him ahead of Montana. He's right. He's sitting right behind Brady. I put him right behind. I, I mean, Peyton, unfortunately, he had to go up against somebody's tougher, but Mahomes shuts everybody down. He beats Lamar. He beats Josh Allen. He beats all the competition versus – Brady had some battles with Peyton. It was, you know, Peyton was like Agassi to his Sampras. You know what I'm saying? Agassi would get Sampras sometimes, but there's yeah. nobody who gets Mahomes really except for Burrow. But they Burrow gets him. Burrow get, no, Burrow gets him. Burrow be getting. Burrow gets him. Burrow, Burrow does get him. Nah, I'm gonna hold um, you. I ain't gonna hold you. Burrow be getting. Uh, so, with that being said, I think he's number two all time. It's wild. I feel. I used to feel bad for Peyton because Peyton used to have to go against Bill Belichick's defense, and Brady didn't have to go against. True. Like, you know what I mean? It's that's why I always tell folks like football is such a team oriented. Okay. Such a team I like that. I like you know that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh oh yeah. He's third all time as of now, in my opinion. What he what he's done by the age of 20 uh, 20 has only been done by Magic Johnson in the NBA, two MVPs. Oh, what do you say? Two MVPs? Is it two? Oh, two MVPs, two and, MVPs three and three and three super exactly. That's my thing. Like it's amazing. Like number the three run is amazing. That's amazing for his age, and yeah. I'm cool with I'm cool with wherever you put him. He's top three already. Just yeah. think about that. Facts. That's, that, that's, that's at that's 28. So, so uh, POV, who you putting ahead of him, bro? Who's number two then? You putting Montana ahead of him, I guess? That's Yo, my bro. guess. It got to be Montana. It got Montana. I think it's Montana. It got to be Montana. I mean, I feel like – I mean, I always have – I'm I'm like – I feel like Dan Marino don't get that much respect, but that's that's a whole different – Oh, we, we got our commanders folks checking out. I'm glad you referenced Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson, of course, <laughs> he's part of the commanders organization. And, and do look at our time. We got two minutes left for this segment. It's crazy. Um, yeah. it, it's <laughs> I, okay, so quickly, before we yeah. close, man, hey, thanks for checking in. Stay with us um, to check out this interview coming up because yeah, I'm going to go back to what Steve Fox said earlier if I can, if I can get back. How get about back this coaching it. staff being put together by the commanders right now? Uh-huh. We're about to go there. Yeah. But Andy Reid, we mentioned him. Uh, the other storyline was Travis Kelsey, of course, yeah. him and Swifty, but him getting bumped, bro, uh, by Travis Kelsey. Just you guys chime in. What did you think about that? Wole, uh, listen, I'm old school. I, you don't put your hands on me. I, I like Bobby Knight type players. Bobby Knight is going to choke him out if he does something like that. And, I mean, uh, uh, Andy Reid's not a position necessarily to be <laughs> trying to hurt somebody, but you got to respect your coach. That That's just disrespectful, and I, I wasn't a big fan of it, although I like Kelsey. I feel like the moment kind of got to him. Now he was a high head. He's always been a high head, but he's kind of chilled yeah. out since Andy Reid's been the coach. Um, yeah. So I feel like I, I don't know, man. I feel like it's just a circus reality show type stuff. She never put your hands on a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I don't know how to. Ju- I mean, I don't know their relationship, and maybe you know they they're close that way. So I'm not sure. I mean, just to talk about in that realm. But I'm with you, Ray. She never touch a coach. Um, the moment was so de- the, the moment so deep though, right? Like for real, like it's a Super Bowl. He was frustrated. The tight end, I believe the tight end was played. The tight end played. The tight end, he was subbed out. Tight end was played. The other tight end was playing. And that's when um the run the, the back fumbled. And he felt like, yo, if I'm out there, you know what I'm saying? You're not, it's not, it's not a it's not a true run play. What I mean, what I mean by that is like it's more deceiving. Like if I'm out there, a defense can't say it's a run. They're gonna all them, they're gonna think that maybe I'm out there on, on a passing down. When you put that tight end out there, it, you're already saying run. So he felt like, you know, he felt responsible for that. So I'm not responsible. He feels mad that he wasn't in the game because of that. So, um, yeah, I just feel like – but he was frustrated. Uh, and he, I think he only had, like, one catch at a time, too. That was play, that was in play. He wasn't really being utilized. 
um, at that particular point in time. Um, so I think a lot of factors played in. Uh, but again, it's hard for me to like. I don't. If Andy Reid ain't mad at it, then I don't. Then I ain't gonna get mad at it because that's that's the that's the most important thing to me. This is how Andy Reid takes it. If Andy Reid takes his disrespect, then he gonna have to do. He, he'll do. He he probably have to deal with it behind the scenes. But I ain't gonna like be like, oh, I'm not gonna go overboard. I think a lot of people are like, oh my god, this. They try to use the race car. I was like, yo, it's not even a black or white thing. It's more. Dude was like he he it was in a moment. Dude was in a moment. Yeah, go check out um POV his piece on Shadow League. Definitely. I want to get your perspective on it. And yeah, it, that's a great discussion too. We got so much to talk about. Um when we come back, uh, I guess on the other side of the interview, um Mole, we we still got to touch on Usher as well cuz he was he was a little handsy just like bro, we, <laughs> we did real, we did real quick. We got one maybe do it real quick cuz we, we okay. like Usher, you want to talk about yeah, so it's Valentine's Day, you know. <laughs> Alicia Keys is a, is a is a is a spokeful woman. Swiss Beats, that's 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 Swiss Beats girl. But Usher Swiss, on that no, half he's time, okay with it. Swiss Beats I, I know okay. he's okay with it. I know he said he was okay with it. Usher, I mean, for one, first, I like I like I love the performance. I thought the performance was dope. Um, I always love seeing Alicia Keys. Everybody know I got a big crush on Alicia Keys. She looked thick too. She looked thick. I don't. Know, she looked good. She looked thicker. I love me some Alicia Keys. But back on to get on the serious tip, yeah. Did you did you have an issue with how Usher was like all over, like grope? Like I would say groping her. He wasn't groping her, but he was on her. Uh I mentioned this when I was talking about Travis Kelsey. This is the day and age of reality TV. I feel like yeah. it was more so let's sell this because you know that was gonna be a discussion and they worked, yeah. Clickbait. It, worked. It, it was clickbait, and he went and got married afterwards. I know his longtime girlfriend. That's wild. I just feel like again, it, it's the it's the it's kind of day they were living in where people want to create news and that's what he did it was newsworthy it was more so about how close he was social media went off and sure did, i feel like he accomplished his goal i personally did not post about it um uh, <laughs> hey, pov did you do an article about that my guy <laughs> he had he had sports writers writing about this and now with shannon sharp crossing over into the entertainment world with all his interviews i think this is where we are so uh, he did his job, but didn't bother me at all. Alicia Keys did look healthier than usual. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess she couldn't stop herself. She did look. Yeah, hey, look, hey, 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 POV, you bring up an important point. We in the DMV. His shows that's coming it's coming. Here was coming, coming city. Yeah, he only had one city. show. Now he got an extra two, and they all sold out. Right, it's about to be over. It's about hey, to be I over. Gotta, I got to give him credit as a businessman, but yeah. you already know. Usher, I got other thoughts about him, man. We have to do an after dark show so I can share that. We'll let hey, it go for now. <laughs> but it's Valentine's Day, and, and thanks for joining us on, on V Day, fam, for real. Hey, yo. All right, man. Ray mentioned this, man. We uh we spoke to well, we have our interview uh, about Ken Norton Jr. being hired for the Commanders as, as the Commanders linebackers coach. So let's uh, actually let's play that real quick. I'll talk about with the commanders and uh their new linebackers coach um i see you have a podcast can you tell our listeners about your podcast as well oh absolutely uh, oh, love, love a little shameless plug uh the seahawks man-to-man podcast it's the name of the show uh it's me and my co-host christopher kidd i've been doing it for seven years now or yeah since 2017 uh oh, no. right now we have seattle seahawks writer for the athletic and award-winning journalist 
Michael Dugar with us. Welcome, Mike. And what's up? It's the Urban Sports Team, man. Glad you joined us. Like I said, it's Valentine's Day. I'm doing this for you, bro. You big time, man. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I just appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much, man. Hey, hey sure. man, Mike, thanks for being on. We appreciate you and your time. But before we get into what we want to talk about with the commanders and uh, their new linebackers coach, um, I see you have a podcast. Can you tell our listeners about your podcast as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, love, love a little shameless plug. Uh, the Seahawks Man to Man podcast is the name of the show. Uh, it's me and my co-host, Christopher Kidd. We've been doing it for seven years now, or yeah, since 2017. Uh, Seahawks Man, the number two man. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Uh, the show is powered by Blue Wire Podcast. You can find us on Blue Wire as well. We're on YouTube. The name of our channel is, you guessed it, Seahawks Man to Man. Man, the number two man. Hit that subscribe, like button. Even if you listen to audio, just go hit the button anyway because it helps us out. So appreciate you guys letting me plug that. Cool. No problem. And, and also, it's exciting times in Seattle. You know, you just have a, a young head coach in Mike McDonald. What's the vibe out there in Seattle about the uh, the new head coach? Yeah, when you go from – it's not just that Mike's the, the, the youngest head coach in the NFL. He is – the youngest head coach in the NFL who was hired right after the oldest coach, you know, in the NFL. Right. So the, the juxtaposition there is, is pretty notable. And the reaction locally has reflected that it's the feeling of newness, freshness, you know, all of these things um, that I just say Pete Carroll wasn't Pete Carroll didn't feel like an old grouch, you know, like he was the scout team quarterback, you know, 72 years old. Right. So it's not that just, he was like the old grouch in the corner, but when you replace him with a guy who doesn't even have no facial hair, <laughs> um, you know, it, I guess Pete really didn't either. But like when you replace him with a young looking cat like Mike McDonald, who showed up to, you know, his introductory press conference wearing J's and a, and a hoodie and a blazer combo, like it just feels different. You know, mm -hmm. it, it does. You get a different vibe. Um, the OC, Ryan Grubb, he is I don't think he's ever coached in the NFL before. You know, they poached him uh, from the Washington Huskies or I guess he was at Bama. But you get, get the point. And mm -hmm. then they pulled um, the defensive coordinator. I forget how to pronounce his name, but he was the D-line coach. Dallas Cowboys, the British cat. So, and he he's getting a promotion. So you have all these guys who are in these roles for the first time, all relatively young, facial hairless cats, you know, um, in these roles. So you, it, it's reflected in that a lot of newness, um, a lot of new vibes, excitement. Uh, not not full on. Like some people are like, "Yo, this dude better win too." You know, if we're gonna fire mm -hmm. Pete, you know, and replace his culture, uh, go ahead and you know, you got to win right away. But yeah, overall, I would say it's a lot of excitement with the newness of it, the new feel of having that that different guy, you know, their version of, you know, D'Amico Ryans in Houston or the defensive equivalent of hiring Sean McVay. Like that's the expectation mm. around here is be that, be that the, the new hotness, like that, that line in Men in Black when he was mm. like old busted joint, new hotness, you know, <laughs> Mike McDonald, not to call Pete old and busted, but you know, Mike McDonald is in that analogy, the, the new hotness, right? So he's yeah. the Will Smith to the Tommy Lee Jones. Hey, hey, brother, good, appreciate good. that. So we're in the other Washington, Washington, D.C. The commanders, they hired Ken Norton Jr., the former now, former Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator. He's a linebackers coach here in D.C. What can you tell our listeners about his coaching style? He's one of those kind of old school, no nonsense guys. Um, you know, he played the game, which is so huge. The more I've talked to players, um, it's cool. Maybe if your head coach didn't play. Maybe even if your coordinator didn't play, but man, guys just respond so much differently to a position coach that played the game, because you understand all the little the little parts of it, not just the the on field stuff, but the personal stuff too. All the stuff they have to balance. Um, 
some of these coaches are a little older, so they don't get the social media component too that their players have to deal with. But even then, some they got kids. Usually, these position coaches do at least the older ones, so they they understand at least dealing with it through their kids' lenses. So they they get it, you know. And and Ken's been at the best of the best. He can show rings, you know. When he shows the film of the the, uh, the '90s Niners, like he's he's balling, and he can show that. He knows what excellence looks like. And then now he's at the point in his career where he can show. Like, hey, you see this guy, Bobby Wagner, that keeps making all pros and Pro Bowls and a guy like K.J. Wright, um, who was going to be a ring of honor dude, Pro Bowler as, as well, played 11 years in the league. And when you see these guys, like those are even the, the MVP of Super Bowl 48, Malcolm Smith, uh, linebacker. So when you see when you see these guys, these are Ken Norton products. These guys all swear by Ken. Um, and so for these guys in Washington, not to say that they, they got a bunch of dudes who are question authority anyway, but they can't. You can't really <laughs> – you can't tell you can't tell Ken he'll know what he's talking about. You know, you can have you can have constructive criticism because you know that's kind of the game go because you are on the field at the end of the day. But big picture, Ken knows what he's talking about. He's been a championship player, he's been a championship coach, you know. So and and he's molded some guys who have been championship players as, as well in his position group. And to hear guys like KJ swear by him, or even Malcolm, who I think Malcolm Smith was coached by Ken also at USC. So they go back even, even further. So to hear Malcolm swear by him, to hear Bobby swear by him, even a guy like Bruce Irvin, who's like more of an outside backer than an um, off-ball guy, but and he swears by by Ken as well. So um, you got your guys who swear by you. You got the credentials. You just come in the building with a different feel. You know, I, you can contrast that to someone like Mike McDonald, who you read some older stories about him, and he kind of recalls being in there like, man, I don't have – you know, I stopped playing in basically high school, and here I am having to tell Terrell Suggs what to do. You know, and mm-hmm. Ken Norton doesn't really have that that issue. He come in there and tell all them guys what to do, you know, because <laughs> he's he's done, and they can't really buck back, you know, you know, unless he really screw up. So I think that's huge. That's a good starting point. It is because when you're trying to establish a culture and a standard, you know, you got to have some credibility on your side. It's 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 earned. It's not given. So Ken kind of walks in the building like, yo, I. I have earned my credibility. I've earned my stripes. I can make you guys better linebackers. I've got the proof. So listen to me, follow me, and I'll take you where you want to go. It's wild because I remember Ken Norton. He played for the Cowboys. I'm old now, right? Because I remember he played for the Cowboys. Yeah, he used to punch the goalposts, man. I know, bro. <laughs> Listen, yeah. listen, but these, these brothers here in Washington are different. Linebacker play has not been the strong side. <laughs> so they need, right. they need this, but they pushed back on my man EB, Eric Bieniemy, and Eric yeah. Bieniemy had the accolades and credentials himself, even though he Super Bowls. So the culture here is Jack. Hopefully that'll change, and, and hopefully Ken Norton will bring something different to the table and, and more success to that linebacker core that has desperately needed it since I can remember. So true, so true. So, I mean, you know, I mean, as DC in Seattle, he was fired in 2022. Like, why was he let go? Yeah, it's like they, they underperformed. Um, they underperformed for sure. Statistically, they had some games that they had some stretches that were really rough. Like the 2019 Seahawks, first half of the season were really rough. This was uh, this that was their first full season without any Legion of Boom members. Like in 2018, they had Earl for about four games till so he broke his leg, but then the rest of the season was no Earl. Um, and 2019 was fresh. No Earl, no Cam, no Sherm. Um, it had you know, Bobby and KJ, but like no back end guys. Mm-hmm. And it, it was rough. They had some games they get carved up. They got carved up in the playoff game they lost that year uh, at Green Bay. Um, and then in 2020, they just came out. And they were awful. You know, they were. Mm-hmm. They were. They, the defense was so bad. Those guys were mad after wins. You know, um, mm-hmm. I remember they beat the Cowboys in week three of the 2020 season. I want to say week three or four. Uh, it was a shootout. 
Seahawks won 38-31, I want to say. And, man, if you go – they're on YouTube. Go watch Shaquille Griffin's press conference from that game. Go watch Bobby Wagner's press conference. They resume at that point because of COVID. But still, you could feel it. You could feel it. Like, those guys were not happy. They gave up 30 ball. Um, and they only won because Russ was cooking that, that season. So um, there were some rough Ken Norton runs there. Um, by 2021, that was the year they missed the playoffs. And the, de- the defense also wasn't good. Uh, and you could tell Pete was like, something's got to change. You know, mm. I'm not going to fire myself. So let me go, you know, bring some some different guys in on that side of the ball. He got rid of Ken, and I believe his DB coach, Andre Curtis, too, at that time. And, yeah, they just underperformed. You know, there was a standard uh, in Seattle about how to play defense, how to rush the passer, you know, how to create turnovers in the secondary. And particularly in the passing game, it was a very frustrating time when Ken was the, the coordinator. They had a lot of games where they were giving up a ton of passing yards. I think in 2020 against Atlanta, Matt Ryan threw for like 400 yards. They won the game, but they, uh-huh. Matt Ryan threw for like 400 yards. And I want to say they had three different 100-yard receivers. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that um, uh-huh. in a game before. It was like Julio, Ridley, and maybe Douglas, I think. It was just nuts. Um, and then the next week on Sunday Night Football, Cam Newton threw for like 360. And Edelman went crazy. And then that Dak game happened. Um, and, and that that three game stretch there was rough. And then even then they got shellacked by Buffalo, gave up a 40 ball uh, in week like eight or nine of that season um, on the road. There were just so many bad games in the passing game. And I note the passing game because like when you're it, no one wants to be bad in either aspect, passing or running. Uh-huh. But it does feel like when you are a bad passing defense, it's demoralizing. Like when guys are just bombing on you. That's rough. No one wants to get run on either, but like when man, when you're getting bombed on, it's it's, it's rough. Um, and they eventually corrected that, um, and they got some things together. But yeah, it, ultimately they were statistically under underwhelming. They were underperforming, um, at least by their own standard. You ask some guys around the team at the time, they're like, "Yo, our our talent isn't that good. That's why we're not that good." Um, but ultimately, it's a result based business, and yeah, the other. The run defense was really solid as last year. I think they were like behind the Saints in uh-huh. yards per carry allowed, like three point something. It was a really good number. Um, but they and they limited explosives. They would just give up a lot of passing stuff. So yeah, that's ultimately why they they made that change after the twenty twenty one season. Oh, they fit in right here. Washington gets a bunch of explosive plays and passing yards all the time. <laughs> yes, he, <laughs> he 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 could coach some backers though. That's the that's the yeah. That's Is thing. Cody Barton still under contract? I can't no, he's a free agent. Free agent. Um, yeah, he, he was he was horrible over here though. He was horrible over here. Yeah, we that was I, he was good over there. He was good over there. Yeah. He he was he was fine. He wasn't he wasn't bad here. He was mm-hmm. just uh just kind of scapegoated a little bit. Mm. Um, and he, well, early on he had some really bad run fits that were just so glaring. Um, and the run defense was really bad at the time. That's the and, same thing. <laughs> and it didn't, yeah, and it, and it didn't really help. You know, run fits are not something the basic fan understands. And this is this is very subtle, but I think mm-hmm. it mattered in the grand scheme of how he was perceived. So KJ Wright in 2022 started doing a um, a weekly radio show on the flagship station. And, you know, so that's the position KJ knows the best. And that's the position that was struggling at the time, particularly earlier in the season. So now we get all of these nuanced breakdowns as to why Cody's not performing or why Jordan Brooks wasn't performing. Whereas otherwise you wouldn't get that. Radio hosts can just call a guy out. But like KJ could be like, okay, yeah, no, not only are they playing bad, here's why. Here's what they're not doing, you know. So it, 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 it can alter perception in that way if you got this guy. Every time you guys give up 150 yards rushing on Wednesdays at 8, 
he's breaking down why, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that just kind of hurts your perception for better or worse. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really KJ's fault. Play better, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he'll big you up, which he did later. So, um, yeah, he, he was okay. He was okay here. Um, but he, I, I bring him up cause he would be someone to attest to, mm-hmm. um, Norton's coach's style, you mm-hmm. know, his, his credentials as a, as an LB's coach, it's way different being a position coach than it is being a coordinator. You can really hyper-focus on the details. Um, like, for example, KJ loves telling this story. I think it was KJ's rookie year in 2011. KJ, he he had really long legs, you know. Um, he kind of like called him like Bambi because he was just like – he's so tall for a linebacker. He's like 6'2 yeah. or something like that. So what, And he had a problem keep staying square to the line of scrimmage without crossing his feet, which was a big no-no for Ken. Uh-huh. So what Ken would do is have, have him come to the facility like every day at like 6 a.m., put bands on his ankles and then like set up trash cans in the indoor facility and have him like make sure he couldn't cross his legs. Like you have to shuffle without that. Um, and that was as a rookie, you know, and that helped KJ be a better linebacker. He would actually wear the bands during practice too. Super embarrassing, particularly for a rookie, but that's the type of detail you can, you can afford You have the time to do that when you're a position coach, mm-hmm. you don't really have the time to do that as a, as a coordinator or a head coach. You have so much other stuff to worry about, but you can take that time to really teach guys how to play the position. And again, when you can pull, when you tell, you tell your players to Google you, and they see you winning championships, you know that, that helps. You know, as well. <laughs> true, true. Hey, Ray, you had another question. You had a question for him, right? Uh yeah, man. This is this is a Washington question too. So when DQ was named coach of the Commanders, a lot of Commanders media reached out to Seattle media, like, hold up, the the Seahawks had an opening, and they didn't bring DQ back. So why in the world should the Commanders hire him? So the answer we got was, well. The Seahawks want to move on from Pete Carroll completely. So bringing back somebody from the past is going to keep kind of that Pete Carroll style going. But as last time I checked, Pete Carroll is still in the building there. He's not the coach, but he's still in the organization. So in your eyes, why wasn't Dan Quinn made the head coach of the Seahawks considering he had success there years ago? Yeah, I think I think this I don't I haven't like talked to John Snyder personally, right? So I'm projecting here a little bit, but mm-hmm. I do think they were trying to. He was trying to strike a balance between remaining, the, maintaining the culture uh, that's, that Pete played a huge role in main, in creating, mm-hmm. while also pivoting to something new. And I really don't think they're going to be able to do that. That's like my prediction. I think you're just going to have to let Mike McDonald set his culture. You can't you can't try to hang on to the Pete stuff, even if it worked. When you fire Pete, you fired everything. You know, you can keep like the kitchen dude Stu and Mo Kelly, who's the VP of Player Affairs, and. EK, who's their equipment manager, you can keep some of those guys around because those guys actually, I think, precede Pete. Mm. Um, so you keep those guys. But in general, from my opinion, you fire Pete, you're fire Pete. Like, mm. it, you know, like the basketball in the meeting room, the rap music playing at practice, like Mike can keep some of that stuff if that's naturally him. But if he's keeping it in the name of preserving any part of Pete, don't do that. That's dumb. You should just be you in your own culture. So I think but I think that was the vision was keep the culture but find some newness. Um, and like, like you guys are saying, if you keep DQ, if you hire DQ, it feels like you're just keeping the culture and not really mm. pivoting to something, something new. Uh, whereas Mike McDonald is fresh in that regard. But I think my prediction is over time, they're going to be like, we really need to just wash ourselves of Pete. We're going to have to, to let mm-hmm. Mike not just live in this guy's shadow. He needs to be his own guy, his coach, his own way, do his own thing, hire his own dudes, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so I think that was, um, a big driving factor is like getting something new really that was that's it and that's really honestly most of the main argument you can make for fire and pete is that you just want something new yeah because you look at guys like vrabel and belichick and 
and uh, and Pete, who all hit the market at the same time. It's not like they forgot how to coach, right? Okay. You don't fire you don't fire Bill Belichick like man, Doug, you don't got it no more. Nah, what what he has, you don't lose. The same thing with with Pete, and same thing with Vrabel, even though he's not a Super Bowl winning head coach, you know. And it'll be the same thing whenever the Steelers move on from Tomlin. It'll be the same thing whenever the Ravens move on from Hardball. It won't it won't be because those dudes forgot how to coach ball. It'll you know it'll be because you just want something new. Which when you're the owner, you can do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that the desire for newness probably the more driving factor. And Mike McDonald was a hot kind of candidate too. Like a lot of teams. <laughs> Wanted, wanted him. I know the commanders did uh, as well. So, like that was that was part of it. Getting the getting the guy who was the basically the defensive Sean McVay of this cycle, you know, um, was was pretty big for them. All right, you cleared it up, Washington fans. You heard it. It's no knock on DQ. We're just trying to move on from Pete. So there we go. I, 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 I'm a fan of hiring D, DQ depending on what your expectations are as a franchise, uh-huh. you know, because because DQ's done it. He's been a head coach, and then I don't care how hot shot you are of a candidate. There's nothing. Nothing replaces experience. You know, mm. DQ is going to know. And there's so much little stuff that comes up as a head coach that sometimes the coordinators don't even know that the head coach has to deal with, mm. you know, um, just li- stuff from, from little tiny things about like, you know, wh- which choosing which day to do family day during training camp or who gets allowed in the building or how you're going to do guests or guest speakers or what hotel you stay at on the road. Like, you got to just decide on so much little stuff, you know, who does the speeches pregame, like all the things that the coach has to deal with that is routine versus stuff that just comes up. You know, you get a call at three in the morning, like, yo, the local police chief just called. Our starting corner was hammered at this bar. They didn't want to arrest him. They wanted to call us. What do you want to do? You know, just little stuff like that you have to problem solve for the entire organization on top of being this mastermind schematically and on top of being the face in the media um, as, as well. DQ's done all of that. He's handled all of the situations. Um, you know, that, that come up, whether something political comes up, you know, these coaches are all these new coaches, they're going to be new coaches in an election year, you know, and that it seems small, but no, that, 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 that matters, you know, being a head coach in 2020 was, a, it's not, wasn't just about coaching ball. It was about managing COVID and a health crisis on top of an election year. Um, you know, and that, that, that's, that, that matters in this, uh, in this culture. So you, when you're the head coach, you got to worry about that. When you're the position coach at DC, you can probably just sit in your room and draw blitzes. But no, when you're the when you're the front man, it's different. So because DQ's done all that, handled all that, I think um, I was a big fan of any team hired him. Same with Raheem Morris in Atlanta. When you mm-hmm. when you've done that stuff and you've handled that situation, you've gone against that coordinator, you fa- you faced that deficit before, you've been in that overtime situation, that that fourth down situation, that goal line situation. You can you know. So there's something to be said for that. Not to say that a new coach can't do those things, but it's a hell of a lot easier when you've experienced it already. And there's there's so much trial and error in being a head coach. So. Yeah, I think I think that that's going to serve DQ well. You know, there'll be some stuff that he screwed up in Atlanta. You know, that he's going to be like, I'm not going to do that again. Nope. Mm. Whereas some of these new coaches and be like, dang, I thought I handled that really well. Looking back, I screwed that up, and that's just kind of life in general. So, mm. yeah, I think DQ is going to he has he has a chance to hit the ground running in that regard because he's he just knows how he knows how to coordinate a practice, how to handle all this. He has experience hiring guys. So, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the hire. Thank you. Thank you. And I like and I like the perspective on like older coaches. I know a lot of people are a little negative, like on like the coaches who've done it in the past. Like you like you said, Bill Pelichick didn't forget how to coach. Pete Carroll right. didn't forget how to coach. You know what I mean? I mean, guys like that, I'm like, dude has like more championships than you would even think of. These dudes have more championships than you can think of. And we're acting like they can't coach at all. And I'm like, right. no, nah, I don't I don't like that perspective. Like if like I don't like anybody who says 
Man, I don't want no Bill Belichick. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, your team ain't winning. And how long? How can you say that? Like, off the rip. Like, how can you say that? Like, don't be yeah. dismissive of it. Like, that that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Belichick's problem is he should not get to touch personnel at all. Exactly. But I also can totally see agree. why he wants to touch it. You know, yeah, yes. I can see why at his age, you're like, you know, I'd rather just control that if I can. Mm -hmm. And the other team's being like, well, you can't. So we're not going to hire you. That's perfectly fair on, uh, on both sides. But I also think I should get a second shot at head coach unless you were just like, like if unless the players didn't like you, then I don't think you should get a shot because that's probably just your personality. But like yeah. if you just you just had a bad losing streak or you you didn't get a quarterback that first time around, you know. So I feel like some guys should definitely get a a sec a second shot, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, like if in in New York, if that Jets thing doesn't work out, and if solid in like four or five years or something like that coordinates another defense and then let's get another shot somewhere, that other team should be like, yeah, we're not going to hold the Jets situation. You know, um, all to that's not all he is. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's more than that. So, yeah, I think guys should get generally get a second shot unless you're Urban Meyer. So, oh, yeah. De oh, yeah. Definitely. Never in life. He should never, get never in life. No, no, no way. No way. That Jackson okay, thing is bad enough. Not enough. Yeah. I'll say this before I let you go. Just one last thing. because Folks know who listen to the show. I'm a Geno Smith dude. Like, I like Geno. Like, what is his state? What is his status over there in Seattle? Like, what is his status? Is he uh, going to be the starter next year or is it like a quarterback controversy or are they going to try to replace him i need to know what's going on with gino i don't know what they're gonna gonna do full full disclosure i'm, a, I'm currently actually on paternity leave so i'm not okay, really okay. like totally tapped in and like got you. in my reporting bag right now because i'm just you know doing yeah, that stuff you. but mm -hmm. um personally i would keep gino because i really don't the film don't lie like you can you can we're in a kind of an era where if you scroll to twitter long enough you'll see someone post a graphic or a chart or something that either makes you angry or fits your agenda perfectly yes. um you know or you can do that you can turn on the tv i got fs1 on in the background right now they could put up a graphic that says rock party sucks they could put up a graphic that says rock party's the best ever and find numbers and whatever to justify it and clips too but mm -hmm. film itself does not lie it, it don't i and the sky don't lie and when you watch gino um you can see this is a guy who knows what he's doing. You know, this is a guy who in the in the NFC in particular can play at the level that these other guys are playing at if you give them the other things that they have. Right. Like, I don't think I don't think actually Brock, Brock or Jalen Hurts, the last two guys to represent the NFC of the championship, are better passers than Gino. I don't I think I he's just as good passer as those guys. Um yeah, yeah. So as a passer, you give him those O lines or, or those OCs. He's, the weapons are comparable. I think Geno's weapons have been good, but mm -hmm. you give him those old, those OCs, he'd be just fine. Like I don't think I don't think Geno can't do what Jordan Love just did in the playoffs or what Jared Goff just did in the in the playoffs. He can do all that. But you look at the situations those guys are in, uh, they're better, better mostly from an O line standpoint and a scheme yeah. standpoint, which is why. The Seahawks are probably going to change their whole line this offseason. They've already <laughs> fired their OC, right? Like, yeah. Or not fired. They let him go to the no, Bears. No, yeah. But, yeah, so yeah, you give Geno that. He's definitely a guy who just needs a, a high level of support. you know. And most quarterbacks do. Ain't nobody really a superhero except for Cam Newton in 2015. But, yeah, Geno, Geno needs some, some support. And if you give it to him, we, we've seen he can ball. He, he can do it. So the, he's a little polarizing in Seattle. Some people just they see him. I think he turns 34 in November. So they're like, ah, let's let's get this a young cat in there. But players love Geno. He's he's one of the guys. It's kind of it's kind of rare that your quarterback is like one of the guys because it's such like a CEO type of position. Mm -hmm. um, but he is he's one of the dudes, you know, hang out with guys in the offseason and go to a game with him, go to the club with him or whatever, you know, 
come to their camps, have throwing sessions in Miami. Like he's one of the one of the dudes. And then he goes out and he and he plays ball. Um, he holds himself accountable to a high standard. He's really good in the media, which is important. You can't get up there and and say what other guys did wrong. You got to go up there. Gino goes up there every game and says, "I got to play better. That's on me." I've I know for a fact the other guys have messed up, and I've and I've known that because behind the scenes, and I've seen Gino go up there and say it was on him, knowing mm-hmm. that the other guy messed up. That means everything in the locker room, yeah. you know. Like you go up there and say, hey, I, "I messed up," knowing damn well you didn't, but you heard it. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You can't you can't get up on TV and be like, yeah, nah, bro, ran the wrong route. No, 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 no. That's that's how you get shipped off. Guys will rock with you. So yeah, I think he's got the locker room, got the film. Um, you know, so I think a lot of personally roll with him. Um, but you never know. John Snyder has only drafted two quarterbacks ever, uh, Russell Wilson and Alex Magoo. Um, and that's in like 14 drafts, two quarterbacks. So mm. maybe he's itching to take another guy. Um, I mean, I know he would like to. I don't know if that means replacing Geno, but yeah, in my opinion, Geno should be the guy for at least 2024 and maybe 2025 as as well before you really be like, all right, we gotta we gotta do something different. It's good to hear, man. I'm glad somebody else likes Geno. You know, what I mean, I got I'm more X and everybody trying to try to get me for Geno, and I'm like, no, nah, Geno, that dude. You can't hey, argue uh, with results, man. You can't argue with you can't argue with how a guy's teammates feel about him and what the film says. You can have yeah. you know so those two things. If you base your opinion on those two things, it's like. Honestly, it's not even an opinion at that point. You know, it's, yeah. it's those two things are inarguable. You know, no, I'm with you, totally with you. So before we let you go, how can folks catch you on catch catch your content, and also catch you on social media? Uh, follow me at Mike Dugar on Twitter or X, whatever. Uh, <laughs> at Mike Dugar, M I K E D U G A R. It's on the screen as well. Everything is pretty much there. The newest episode of my podcast is always pinned to the top of my page. My author page at The Athletic is in my bio. That's the link that's in there. So if you want to, hey, what's this guy write? Boom, click that. It's all right there. Um, and then any reporting I do just on X or Twitter or whatever is all on my page, obviously, too. So my Twitter's a one-stop shop. Hit that button on there and come along for the ride. All right. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate you being on, man. Really do, man. Appreciate you. You really, guys. you really get that, really that Valentine's Day thing. I got hey, you, hey, look, I'm that, I'm that guy new edition. Congratulations, man. Go make another one. It's, it's, it's oh, it's hey, right. It is love day. It <laughs> is. All right, Mike. Thanks again, man. All right, man. You guys have a good one. Have a good one. Yeah. So y'all, y'all got the gist of it, though. Y'all got the gist of it. It was good, though. It was good talking to Mike. Uh, but yeah, we, let's get into our next segment, though. Northern Virginia wanted the excuse me, excuse me. Northern Virginia wanted the Commanders, and it looks like, and it looked like, you know, they were getting the Wizards, but uh, that may not be the case. Uh, VA Democratic Senator L. Luis Lucas on Monday said that uh, said that proposed let uh, 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 legation uh, Legislation, excuse me, I can't speak today. Legislation. It's a long night, right? <laughs> uh, to help pave the way for the Washington Wizards <laughs> and the Capitol to relocate to Northern Virginia is dead, as far as she's concerned. Do you believe? Do you believe her, Ray? No, not at all. I think it's all about money, and I have sources that are saying that. You got sources. I do have sources. The deal is still going to get done. Legislation. Everybody, everybody wants Legislate, to have their hands in the pot. <laughs> I do believe this gave a glimmer of hope for those who do not want to see Ted move monumental sports basically to Virginia, but it's, it's happening. And this is a, 
a bump in the road, but it's political. We already know. It's just like in politics, we always see. Why you're so definite? It's it's happening. We always see elected officials have 24 hours to get a government shutdown bill passed. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to happen. And right at the last minute, it comes together. This is still going to come together. Do not be shocked. There's too much money to be made. Glenn Youngkin, of course, he's a Republican governor, and he's gonna he's gonna get some pushback in terms of money and some other things, but it's coming together. I'm I'm telling you. Uh, I'm gonna need you to that part about the government shutdown. I had a stressful situation with that one one year. Uh, well, and they did shut down and I did not get paid for a while. <laughs> so sometimes they do. I mean, I'm with you. It is a political ploy, but sometimes them dudes go a little ham and that, that's down. a different situation. I'm just I'm just comparing how there's always you, political posturing, and, yeah. uh, and and she she used the media to definitely get her point across as to what the Democrats are asking for out there. But it's happening, my guy. It's happening. Like I said on on X, leave the mystics and go go alone. I saw you. I, I saw it, and and, saw and I'll help you move. I saw it. So do so quick. Do you think that um, I mean I mean right now in terms of I don't know what your belief was initially. But has this all this changed your mind in terms of where where you want the Wizards to play? I mean, I already know the Capitals are going. I mean, Capitals can go to Northern Virginia, all I care, to be honest with you. They can go to Northern Virginia. But the Wizards, do you have, like, has anything changed your mind of a preference if you want them in the city or you want them to stay, to go to, to, to be in Northern Virginia? Well, the belief is it's going to take five years for Winger yeah. okay. and company to rebuild this roster um, and, and, and turn this franchise into a winner. So if that's the case. Uh, it doesn't matter where they play, but you said you just want to win. If, I heard you. If you're not winning, but you have a nice little building to come and check out a complex, you can go shopping. You can have some some experiences for the kids, for the family. I'm going to go to Virginia. I'm going to cross the bridge. If I go to MGM and I'm just crossing past there, it's no big change for me. So, absolutely, especially if they're not winning. A nice building will make all the difference in terms of getting casual fans and those who don't care, but they want to check out this brand new complex, which is supposed to be amazing. You saw the blueprints, my brother. Come on now. My opinion was always like that. They they not. They got to win. They're not going. No, look, one same people going who 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 are coming to are attending games at Capital One are not attending some of the games in Northern Virginia. Secure the buck. Big deal. They're not. So they, they say that now. They not. They not. They're not gonna you get you on the ground people. next time. Go take your camera, take your mic, and just walk around. Go to the concession. I have. Hey, I walked around. I, I mean, want, oh, I, want, ask, I, want, oh ask them. I need I need I need a paper trail, dude. You can tell me you did. You can tell me you ate donuts, but I don't believe you. <laughs> so I want you to go and talk oh, to people. Hey, we I, I want you to do like an investigative reporting thing that you're gonna see on like WSA nine or something, you know, but but put the Wole flavor on it, put the Urban Sports Team flair on it. I don't care about, I don't care about what you tell me you've done. Make a YouTube short, Wole. You do that all the time. And, and, and fans say no, we're not going. I want to see it. And, and, you know and be real. I want you to put both. I like you that idea. I kind of like that. And don't interview one demographic. I want you to interview all race and color. Wow, wow. Like I, I mean, I want to interview the people I know. I know, I know what you would be selected. <laughs> you go to go go Mickey Lane, man. You going to no, man. You know what I'm saying, bro? Nah, bro. Talk to Those everybody. Are, that's where. That's the heart of the city, though. Right? Isn't it the city? It's the city's team. No, not really. Them dudes weren't coming. Hey, them, them dudes, them folks weren't coming to the cap. The, they weren't coming to the Capitol Center back in the day. Were they? Nobody was. 
Yeah, no, but the, but the but but the people from the city were in the people from PG County, and you know what I'm talking about. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that with you, look, Brother, look, man. I'm telling you, do that. You are, that's you, like the Warriors moving from complex. Even if you right. lose the people, you gonna gain a new. Uh, that's like the Warriors moving from from Oakland to to, to uh, San Francisco. It worked out just fine, but they're they ain't like it. them players had the same had the same had the same issue. The players had issues with that. They just they change, they, they change, play change, ball. Change they play ball. There was a concern that RK closing down and 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 the skins moving to Maryland was gonna be a problem when when they were winning. And they were competing in the playoffs. It's, Brad it's, Johnson beating up on Detroit. It it's was a, a packed house, my guy. It's a problem now, though. It ain't been the same. But <laughs> when, when, RG3, when RG3 was winning, I was though. That up. was that was lightning. When RG3 they came was. to Maryland. Didn't matter. Yeah. So trust me, folks were kind of ridiculous. all right. You know what? You, That's a bad comparison. Look, if you have a star, on dude. Squad, now, now we doing all kind. Of, all right, let's be real. RMK to PG County ain't that far. We're not doing that though. Capital One and the Northern VA that far. How far? It's far from the some. How far? It's far. It's, it's not. It's further than the. It's about it's six further, miles. Traffic to on the city. Don't count the city. Different. They don't, like to get to Northern VA. What part of Northern VA? It's what part of Northern VA? Alexandria is yeah. right across the bridge. Yeah, nobody want to drive. It is. All right. Springfield is Look, right man, there. it's a lot of like, and you know the cop situation too. It's a whole different situation. <laughs> for, folks in football, for folks in basketball games, you know they get hammered, dog. Don't do that. You know they get hammered. They gonna drive to, on the Virginia straight state line. Them dudes in trouble, trouble. When you used trouble. to go to Chima, you would go to Tyson's, right, for Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. So fact. you, if you're motivated, you're gonna go to Virginia. That fact. Close. But they're not feeding me like that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, not that far, bro. Stop. You're not feeding me that the way. Move, the move is happening. I like how you did the Fasha will stop. So it's happening. It's coming, it's and it's okay. It's okay. Ted, Ted, I just want him to be committed to winning. I could care less with a team play. If they're playing the Capital One and, and they're putting out a, a winner out, I'm like cool. It's just my concern is you. You did open up the complex entertainment sports arena in Southeast for a reason. And you did it not for political reasons, according to yourself. I did it because I care about the community. Now, if you really no, care, don't. Leave, no, we don't. Leave, That's a lie. Leave, I'm just saying, leave those teams where they are because it won't make sense. The Mystics, when they played in Capital One, it was awful. It was so much space in the arena because there weren't many fans. Now, when when you you change arenas, you saw that building filled up. It was like a Cameron indoor type of thing. You know, Cameron is bigger than the entertainment sports. Yeah. Arena, but, and it, there's so there's so much more for that entertainment and sports arena to offer. I think Ted needs to leave that. But that has nothing to do with the Wizards and Capitals, though. Honestly, yeah. although Miami Miami Sports is one is one entity, and and these organizations fall under that entity. So I'm I'm, I'm interested in what he's going to do. I don't know if he's addressed it. Maybe somebody can watch this and tell me because um, I haven't paid enough attention to see if he's if he's referenced the Mystics or the Cavs. But from what I read, it was every uh, every team was going to go. Um, and maybe yeah, it's going to be a smaller complex within that where they play. I don't know. But if you have a big arena like that, I don't think you should I try think to play there. Or the, the Go-Go, the Go-Go could play at a high school and fill it up maybe. But, yeah. Keep I think, the, the, I think the, the Mystics and Go-Go are going to stay. I think the Mystics and the Go-Go are going to stay. From what I heard, I think they're going to stay. Oh, okay. I think they're going to yeah, stay. Yeah, I mean, we should be cool with it. Brother, we'll, we'll, we'll make it out there. Trust me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little against it. Um, but I have my own reasons. Though. I have my own personal reasons, though. For the, uh, for the culture and for yourself, I get no, it. I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm no, no. I'm, I'm totally selfish. Like, like I like my commute to, to the to Capital One. It's easy for me. It's an easy okay. commute. We are gonna do this live. 
It's easy. You got your me. phone, right? Show the people your iPhone. Put in your yeah. GPS now. Just just put Springfield Mall to your GPS. All and right. then put and then put Capital One Arena. All right, we'll do that right now. That's that's fair. Let's do this live. I like that. I like that. So if it's Springfield, all right, Springfield, Springfield Mall right now. It may it's probably not gonna be that far, but let's do Springfield Mall. Let's see how long it's gonna take to get your house right now. Mall. Usually Tyson's because Tyson's be like no, no, no. Tyson's is further. It ain't gonna be that far. All right, 21 miles. Springfield Mall. Okay, so how long? How 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 long is the minutes? I see. I don't know. That's a good question. How long is it? 33 minutes. 33 minutes. Okay, so 33 minutes potentially to a new state, which won't be that far. So about a half hour. So I'll go Capital One. It may be a little closer, which it should be, but it's gonna be a it is. It could be a significant 23 minutes. Okay, so 10 minute difference. Yes, and 9.5 miles, and that's the city. It's 9.5 miles away. Big deal. Because it's the city. Five nine point five exactly, <laughs> and I can still get through. And, and it's and it's like dark outside. If it was rush hour, I could still get through it where I'm at and get to Calvin One. Dude, Janae, where the heck do you live, bro? Jesus <laughs> Christ! Dude, Janae lives in Alaska. <laughs> no, he didn't. Don't he live in? Uh, oh, okay, oh, okay. okay. All right, all right. So all where right, are you, Janae? You in like Richmond somewhere? Yeah, probably Richmond area. I think Richmond area. Yeah, I think Richmond area. I believe the Richmond area, I believe. No. I hope you're in Norfolk. Hey, dude, Janae, we're going to be in Norfolk next month, man. Come come eat some wings. Yeah, we are, man. We're going to be in Norfolk. I'll eat some wings. I'm I'm trying to get, like, Vegan ah, wings. Whatever. Vegan. Let's go. Vegan. Ah, I'm trying to get ready. Uh, it's not going to be a big difference, boy. Let it go. It's happening. <laughs> uh, it's a big difference. We, we oh, also, man. oh, Georgia. Oh, okay. Georgia. Oh, you want to get Cody Rhodes. That's Cody Rhodes territory. Co- I get it. <laughs> Don't do that. He's like AEW. Hey, uh, I got to check this poll that we put on X real quick to see I what did. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah, I won. 67%. Say what? DC. 30 they still won DC? He yeah, said yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. Oh, yeah. We we know Dujanae. We, we we follow you, bro. Come on. You yeah, haven't thought you like AEW, Dujanae? I thought you was down with the AEW. No, no, he likes WWE as well, bro. Don't, I know he does. I know he does. Dujanae does. I know he does. There's no comparison right now, man. AEW is like the UFL and yo, and WWE is the NFL. Period. That's facts. That's the truth, though. That's the truth, though. Um, he likes both, though. I got you. Cody Rhodes finishing his story. By the way, we got we got to talk a little wrestling one day, Dujanae. That's the perfect segment to bring you on. No, what one day? Yeah, exactly. We'll talk wrestling one day. Let's do this because I, I think Mercedes made the wrong choice, bro. You me got, too, bro. I do Naomi. too. Like, come on, bro. She come won't on, be the star of the show, but she, yeah, she will be star. But come on, now. Come on, I'm with you, right? I'm with and, you. And, and you see the chicks in NXT? Now that's that's different, though, bro. I'm forgive me, forgive Jesus, me. Listen, Jesus. let's move yeah. on. Let's we, move we went on. close the show. Uh, hey, we are gonna end on that note, though. Let's do that show. We'll do it. We'll do our special. We, we can get Brian Waters to come back for that one. Hell yeah, and, I think we could do that. I think Brian. Yeah, we can do we can do a round table. Yeah, we do another round table. <laughs> um, but but yes, the DMV that's what we always talk about. DMV yeah. sports show, we're a DMV sports show. Virginia's yes. that V won't lay accepted. Hey, appreciate y'all checking. I like Tyson's though, man. I like Tyson's. Shima, I'll be back. Yeah, you used man. to ride out there for the Alice in Wonderland, uh, and uh, what you call it, uh, IMAX theater thing. You I, did, yeah, I did that too. I used to like that joint. Yeah, I, used to, I did that joint too. If you rode the Hoffman Center for that, I did the movie theaters out there. I mean, I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been, I've done the enough. Potomac Yards, you got, the, you got. I've the, been there. The, I've been, I've been. You got I know. the, um, you got get, the airport. Both, airport. both major airports are in Virginia. Yeah, I've been in Dallas. Are you right? I've been. We in we rode we rode to training camp all the way to Ashburn. You could. Joe, and that was a headache. 
Okay, that's the hell. That's the hell. We're not riding to Potomac Mills or Ashburn. We're riding to Alexandria Springfield area. Bro, that was Stop a headache. It. Stop it. Oh. I like right. the culture of DC, I do, but it's not, you know, it'll be fine. And, and it'll be metro accessible. Yeah, it'll be real fans, real fans, real, I'm, all I'm going to say is real Washington f- Wizards fans are in DC. Oh, Cal fans are. I'm a real yeah. fan, but I could, I could still ride. You ain't going on, you ain't going on for freaking Virginia. Well, why not? Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm different <laughs> though. You know, I'm media, so I have yeah. my reasons. I would literally, I have my reasons too. I like being around. I like to, that's why I went around. I just told you they're like 9.5 miles away from me. No, easy. It, it depends on where you're going. It depends on where you're going, Dude. And, and Wole. It depends on where you're headed, if it's a headache or not. Yeah, Virginia well, definitely, Virginia probably out of the DMV is probably the worst drivers and the worst traffic. I, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Know. Um, but on a bad day in the city, you know, Wole, you you yeah. live in the Bethesda area. It's annoying yeah. as out there as well. Bethesda is, yeah, that's a whole different beast. That's a whole different beast. That, that's, that's, that's close that's to Maryland. the city. You know, that's Maryland. Geez, that's like Maryland. That's like Maryland, though. Studio. You know, like friendship. Oh, Julio, that's like Friendship Heights. I said that Friendship Heights. Yeah. yeah, man. Listen, yeah. the DMV traffic can be annoying. It's nothing like New York City, though. We'll be fine. Trust me. Yeah, we're fine. We'll live. All right, man. Hey, this has been a great show. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Yes, it. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on X at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. You can check out the Urban Sports Scene at the, I mean, at, at Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. That is the home of the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, and this show can be found on the Podcast DC app. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate the homie Mike for coming on the show. He's like new to the Urban Sports Scene. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, got to, we got a lot of insight about the Seattle, about Ken Norton Jr. in Seattle. And also some insight about Seattle, to be honest with you. And Dan Quinn, too. And, and, and like Ray said, Dan Quinn was not like leftovers. Like it wasn't that they didn't want Dan Quinn. It was just that, like Ray said, you know, it was more about they just try to start fresh. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, there's nothing wrong with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn for the for Washington fans. We're okay. We will we'll be okay. We will live. We shall overcome. Right, Ray? Hey, tune in next week. I don't even know what the topic is going to be next week. Let's see what happens. I don't we'll know. Stuff, maybe looking maybe. for some guests to come on. We're talking free agency, draft. It's a lot still to discuss when it comes to the commanders. The Wizards, come on now. They they, they, <laughs> play, they play for the number one pick. All-star game, right? In a year All-Star. where Wimby's not in the draft. Who's the number one pick consensus this coming? It, it ain't one. Man, man, it ain't one for real. Come on, Ted. Know. Come on, Ted. Do better, man. You got it. The bro. new stadium can help, but it's not. It's not going. It's, if you like basketball, you can't do that. Anyway, DMV, anyway. we're gonna be okay. It's yes. gonna be all right. Facts. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for Iges, Gidig, Deuces. We out. Deuce.